you've listed the modifiers to the different stats. Um, is is the modifier just for the sake of playing as the characters, or is that actually indicative of their intelligence? Because by by this sheet, my hamster is more intelligent than Adri. Nobody <laughs> needs to know that. Wait, 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 wait. It's like weirdly morbid after everything that just happened. <laughs> Arlen, you're getting weirder. Oh, I have a cool sister. Um, <laughs> smarter get... than me, apparently. Well, I guess we're up the creek without a paddle. Chapter 177, Running the Rapids. Oh! So in the last episode, you guys got to have a visit from an old friend and you were so happy to see him, especially uh, Adri. Right there, Jesse? Yeah, super glad because now I don't have to think of a way to get out of an engagement. Yeah, so it turned out to be um, the uh, your fiancé, Varys, um, who apparently had been uh, sent to collect you guys. Uh but it wasn't Varus as you knew him. What uh, what had changed? He became a drider. Yes. So apparently he uh, uh, became disfavored in, in Lul's eyes and she transformed him into a drider and told him if he could just slay the lot of you that he could uh, redeem himself. And so he waded into you guys and uh, that didn't go so well, did it? For, at least for him. It went really well for us. We took him out. For the record, I tried to have Jesse do a total Arnie line after that, but she wouldn't do it. Like stick around or I won't be back or something like that. Quote from uh, Total Recall, consider that a divorce. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Jesse, probably a good idea uh, on your part. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so you guys uh, ended up finishing off uh, Varus, and um, interestingly enough, there were two bundles webbed to his thorax um, that you were pretty sure had people in them. Uh, and you were able to cut them free towards the end of the combat, and they fell to the ground. And uh, so that's where we are now. Uh, the uh, dead body of Varus the Drider is lying in a crumpled heap there and on one side of him and the other side of him are these two uh, webbed up uh, bundles that apparently have people in them and then about 20 of the queen's guards are standing in kind of a semi-circle um, and let's describe the chamber a little more uh, clearly so this is a natural rock chamber and uh, like i said it's about 40 feet across it's pretty sizable and um, on one side is a fairly large uh, portal, fairly large um, passage that apparently the drow entered. And the Queen's guards are all standing in kind of a semicircle blocking that exit. To the other side is a smaller exit. And actually, everybody roll for me perception. Eight. Sixteen. Nine. 17. 
Non-nat 20. Okay. And so uh, no one in, in, and Cotter are breathing uh, so heavily that apparently they, uh, they aren't uh, hearing the subtle sounds, but the rest of you can hear the sound of running water coming from that direction. Um, and it's just faintly there. And you do remember that the mind traveler told you that there is a water course nearby, and then he figured that's where they were throwing the bodies of the deceased from the Illithids chambers. So apparently that's where the water course is out that other side there. Uh, but anyways, um, you're standing right there, um, breathing heavily after the combat. The two bundles are kind of just kind of gently writhing on the ground in, in apparently in agony. And uh, the Queen's guards are just kind of standing there at their leisure, although they do now have all of their weapons drawn. Uh, but that being said, they're not in any sort of a ready stance or a battle crouch. They're just, like I said, weapons drawn, but standing at their leisure. And they're all kind of leering at you, uh, looking expectantly with some kind of malicious glee in their eyes. And a lot of them are kind of focusing on those two bundles. I'm going to walk over and open the bundles up. Okay. Um, anybody else? I will too. Okay. So, um, Craval, you go to the one on the right side closest to you. And it's a, a pretty simple thing just to, to slit open the, the silk of the webbing. And, um, you quickly have uh, exposed Adri's younger brother. And um, Adri, similar to that when your side, um, you quickly open up your bundle and there's your sister. And they look rough. Um, they uh, are covered in spider bites uh, that are, you know, a lot of, a lot of parts of their bodies are swollen from the, from the poison. And um, then for your brother, um, he clearly has at least one broken arm. Um, although whether that happened in captivity or if that happened during the combat or when he fell, it's hard to say. But at least uh, at least his left arm is, is broken. Uh, but once again, he's also kind of swollen and covered with spider bites as well. So um, your sister, Adri? She looks like she's, you know, her head is lolling to the side and she looks like as if she's just completely passed out, but she cocks open one eye on the side that's away from the queen's guards and kind of, you know, you see it kind of search around and focus on you really quick. And, and she just whispers to you, do the guards think I am unconscious? Um, then I'll kind of look up and over at all of the guards say that, um, I don't know if I want to, I guess maybe it would be like a performance, but, um, I just want to well, say can, like, you can start with the insight check and see if they, uh, they do seem to think she's unconscious. That, that would be a good start there too. Well, that's, that wasn't what I was going to do. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, whatever you want to do. I just want to say, um, the trial's over. You can leave now. And that's just met with a whole bunch of kind of sniggers and giggles. And they just kind of glance uh, knowingly from one to the other. Now, can I roll an insight to see what they're, what I kind of figured they're doing? 16. Okay. Yeah. And once again, they seem to be completely at their ease. And they are um, just kind of glancing about. And yeah, you would, you would think they are completely oblivious to the fact that your sister is actually awake at this point. So yeah, you, you, you do believe that they think that she's uh, completely comatose. 
Well, I'm like, what, um, what would it matter whether she's conscious or unconscious, I think is what I'm thinking. Like, why, why would that affect their presence here or whether they would fight us or not? Um, well, you probably have to figure out how to find that out from your sister because apparently that, that information is um, of use to her. Are the um, um can I can I like like hug her like I'm like oh my gosh my sister and mm -hmm. then uh whisper into her ear um like tap tap me once if yes twice if no um do you need us to move are you going to do something and she gives you the yes tap and you she whispers ever so quietly in her ear tell your friends to get ready to run all right then i'll i'll sort of stand up and kind of like set her down very tenderly as if she's still unconscious and then say creval and i'll kind of like look at him like because there have been times I, I i recall that things haven't been quite uh the subtext hasn't been obvious so creval let's rejoin our companions and then kind of like start walking um this whole time i'm gonna be like literally chewing my inside of my cheek so hard that i'll be drawing like a point of damage to maintain my last rage but i'll walk with adri back over there okay well as soon as you start to move in the least bit all of a sudden adri your sister just sits up and you hear her do the incantation for darkness and a globe of darkness just appears surrounding the drow and she jumps to her feet and shouts, run! She vaults Varus, scoops up um, her brother, you know, under the arm, um, grabs your hand, Adri, and starts taking off down the passage towards where the water sound was coming from. Are the rest of you guys going to follow? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay, who Absolutely. is going to be the person that's going to be at the end? I'll hold the... I will. Are you sure? Okay. I'm still in a rage. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so and I have the sword still. There. Actually, that makes the most sense. Yeah, you would you would sit there with that glowing great sword until the last minute, and so you let everybody go flying past you down the hallway, and you just as you turn to go, you kind of look at the drow. And you guys ever seen a Keystone Cops uh, movie? So apparently everybody yes. tries to rush forward to get out of the darkness at once. And you just hear the sound of things colliding and they do come out of the darkness, but you, most of them spilling out in one direction or another, tripping over each other. The spears getting caught in people's legs. Um, people run into each other pell-mell and maybe only four or five of them actually make it out of there. The rest of them are all either running in the wrong direction or collide with each other and fall down. And you guys take off down the hallway and the passageway is actually fairly short. It only goes for about 40 feet. And um, then all of a sudden you're brought up short because here is a stone quay and there's a small boat attached to it. And Karanti um, doesn't even um, wait in the least. She just grabs uh, Nakar and jumps aboard and she says, quick. Um, are you all going to jump aboard or what are you going to do? How small is small? It's basically the size. It's almost the size of the uh, fisherman's boat um, out there. So it's probably got a room for about three sets of seats 
and there's probably room for about three people on each seat. So if you can imagine those sort of dimensions, so probably nine, 10 feet long and about four feet wide. So this thing looks like it can hold all of us? Oh, easily, yeah. Oh, okay, that's what I was worried about, yeah. I'll start not so gently pushing people into the boat. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'd leap in. And so it's interesting, the boat is held onto the quay with actually with um, metal clasps. And in the boat is another one of those illithid blinking light boxes with a little antenna on top. And you would kind of guess that you have to do something with the box to release it there. So uh, I need an intelligence check from everybody to see if you guys can figure out what to do. Can I just rip it free? I got a five. That, that was my idea too. just hit the class with an ax or something until it breaks. Yeah, I got a six. I got a 10. <laughs> I got a three. <laughs> said Arlen doesn't even know what a chain is at this point. Yeah. And what did you get, Kamal? 13. Okay. Um, so you guys are all fiddle, fiddle, fiddling with it. And then Kamal kind of jumps into the boat and bowls everybody aside and just starts, you know, basically poking at it. And all of a sudden, all the lights go green. And the class just, bing, come free from the boat. And it starts to drift down the river and around the bend. And the last thing you see as you're going around the bend is the first four or five of those Queens guards, you know, pulling up short on the edge of the quay and looking at you with just daggers. And uh, then boom, you're around the corner and away from the Queens guards. And just then you hear Kranti's voice in the front of the boat. And she says, um, are there paddles? We have a, we have a great sword. Well, I guess we're up the creek without a paddle. Um, actually, literally in this case. So, do you have anything that you can use as paddles? Obviously, you have a great sword, but I have a. I have the glaive, and I, I have the glaive. So, can mm -hmm. I swap out the great sword for the glaive and see if I can touch bottom? Um, you cannot touch bottom. Apparently, this is uh, the uh, waterway is about um, thirty feet wide. It's uh, probably. 20 feet deep as near as you can tell and it's beginning to pick up speed so um you're gonna have to do something I, to keep things from crashing well, the, the, the good news is is that the glaive on the other end has a very big blade that's flat yep. and wide so that would make for a so paddle will, anybody else i will use that as a paddle and i use my freakishly fast monkish feet as sort of like a little motorboat action dangle <laughs> them and just kick really fast yeah afraid not that's not gonna work but what else can you figure out um if uh, Kerval hands me the great sword. Arliss still has it. a staff, doesn't he? It's basically a wooden pole. I yeah, mean, not going to paddle much with that. You could like push off the walls and stop us from slamming okay. into those. But I have a staff. I can lash my backpack to it and make some sort of a crude paddle that way. Just dump um, your backpack. That might be water. a little, little clumsy there. Any anybody else with anything better? I I mean, like if it's a move or don't move situation i have i could like use a shield as a okay that's a paddle yeah paddle. so yeah you got an enormous paddle there so we got a yeah, shield I, and i'm a glaive. thinking the the shield and the glaive is kind of our only thing because i have like a sword which isn't wide enough to really make much of a difference Although, in the water yeah so glaive on one side shield on the other arlen has his staff out to like push off walls so we don't crash into them 
Okay. Um, um, I'd like to ask no one to use his staff on the other side for the same reason. And then Adri, um, your sister says, Adri, your sword, please. And holds out her hand. Okay, I'll just, yeah, give it to her. And she wedges it under the seats there. You know, the kind of, you know, the seats kind of like a rowboat has seats all the way across and just levers down on it. And obviously being a magic sword, it just kind of goes in like butter. And she just like pops the, the seat up and um, then she just thwacks it right in half. And um, she... Uh, takes one half of the, the board and hands it to uh, Arlen. And the other half she takes to herself and she, Adri, she hands the sword back to you and gives you the kind of the eyebrows, like, go ahead. Cool. I have a cool sister. Um, <laughs> smarter get, than me, apparently. Before we get too far along, um, I'd like to uh, pop open one of my last two potions of healing and give it to the little brother that should snap his arm back in place. Okay. And he's just kind of yeah down in the in the bottom of the boat, uh, kind of cradling that arm. And uh, so yeah, he he guzzles it down, and and he still looks pretty bad. Like I said, he he and his sister both are covered in spider bites, and uh, okay. and but at least his arm's not broken anymore, which is which is a, a huge huge thing for it. And so Adri, do you want to do the same thing uh, well, with the middle seat and yeah. get you and no yeah, yeah. no on paddles there? Um, yeah, I'd also like before, uh, before also before that, I'm gonna give him an, another elixir and tell him to drink this. Now's not the time to not be useful. And okay. that's an elixir of health, which will cure all poisons and diseases that okay. currently afflict him. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he feel, he obviously improves dramatically after that. Very good. Okay. This is like a Gilligan's episode. We're all paddling this boat with seats and all that. Yep. Um. um I'm going to just drink the last one because I'm going to keep my rage up to try to keep my strength advantage going. So I'm literally going to have no potions at the end of this. I just remembered Creval's been poisoned for like the last three episodes and we just forgot about it. Well, luckily you haven't had really much in the way of, uh, of, uh, no, no, like he got poisoned like before we fought the elder brain. Oops. Yeah. One, One would assume that would have worn off by then. So, no, it's was it like eight hours or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so uh, but are you gonna take the other elixir then, Kaval? Like I said I don't think the poison lasts eight hours. I think it lasts like one hour. Well, it was the wild magic sorcery thing, right? Oh, so yeah. What's the what, no, what's what's the, yeah? What's the wild magic? No, you got wild magic poisoned after the um second illithid fight before the. Brain fight. Your memory is better than mine. It was it was one hour. Okay. Random creature gets poisoned for one d four hours, and it was one. Okay. Okay, good. So it it so, probably is just about worn off by now. So yeah, very good. And actually, did are tides still up, Arlen? Yep. Okay. Well, now that you're uh, out of the immediate danger. Tides goes off then. That's so. not how it works. So why don't you roll on your uh, wild magic This is going to be bad. <laughs> he becomes terrified of us and just like jumps out of the boat into the water. <laughs> Actually, this one's not that bad. He, he fireballs Illusory the entire boat. butterflies and flower petals flutter within the air within 10 feet of you for the next minute. I'll take we it. Entered, <laughs> uh, in, we have entered into it's a small world. Yes. It's, it's pyro land. Okay. It's like weirdly morbid after everything that just happened. 
like, congratulations. Arlen, you're getting weirder. This one's actually a repeat one. So, like, this has happened before. Before? Um, it happens before we when he's extra nervous. I'm going to put Varus's head in the bag of holding I have. Speaking of being I nervous. I still think that's... Speaking of being nervous, there's a map incoming. Oh, oh dear. Well, why don't you? Uh, so this is, this is put one of the minis down as the location there. I assume starting at the low numbers. Mm -hmm. So this is a map of the river. There are several obstacles. There's a 13 next to this one that goes 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18 as you go that way. Yeah. So I finally remembered I had this map, and so I actually used it. You could have used the hex map, and it would have gotten a whole lot cooler in the curves. Very good. And um, so the uh, boat begins to pick up speed as it's going along there. Um, and um, you actually you know, realize you have no idea where this water course goes. And it actually seems a little precarious, this direction. So you wonder if the boat was supposed to even go this direction at all. But... You guys start picking up speed more and more and more, and all of a sudden, you start going around this bend here in the water course, and there are large boulders sticking out. You can see the uh, froth sticking up as the uh, thing goes by. And so what is going to have to happen is that each one of these boulders as you go by, you are all going to have to paddle as hard as you can and have to do an athletics check to in order to uh, steer the boat around. And if more people fail than succeed, then you're going to crunch into the rock. And the, you would imagine that a boat of this size really can only maybe strike two rocks and then it'll just splinter into pieces. And so as the speed is picking up, it's gonna go from 13 to 14 to 15 to 16 and then finally, 17 and 18 is the DC as you go down the line here. Okay, so you guys are paddle, paddle, paddling along, trying to keep the boat straight. And then the first rock looms up out of the darkness at you. And so let us go around and get athletics checks from everybody and see how well you do. So, Cotter? 19 for Cabal. Sorry. I got a six. Ooh, so one bad one for Cotter. Seven. Ooh, one bad one for Noan. Nine. Oh, one bad one for Adri. Eleven. And one bad one for Arlen. So this one kind of takes you guys by surprise. And you guys crunch into that first rock. And you're like, oh, no, we can't let this happen again. We or else we're going to be thrown into the water. Uh Hey, Owen, does Arlen have mending? I do have mending. Does mending work on a boat? Let me check. Because I thought that was for, like, like paper and, like, a pot. It, no, non-magical gear, but even metal. He can do it. Yeah, give us a read on that really quick there, Arlen. This spell repairs a single break or tear in an object you touch, such as a broken chain link, two halves of a broken key, a torn cloak, or a leaking wineskin. As long as the break or tear is no larger than one foot in any dimension, you mend it, leaving no trace of the former damage. Okay, so yeah, Arlen, before you get to this next rock, you could cast Mending and uh, repair the damage that was just done to the boat there. 
Yes, please. Okay, so you see Arlen lean down and murmur at it, and um, the uh, you know water has been leaking in, and all of a sudden it stops leaking, and Arlen, the wild magic goes off again. Roll on the table. This is even more exciting. Oh, that's oh, no. a good reaction. Oh no, that's bad. <laughs> The next minute you must shout when you speak. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's going to have no effect because we'll be doing that anyway. Yes, I think it, the the sound of the rapids Wait, is shouting. Wait, is that, is that Ar- Arlen's just shouting or yep. is that everybody? That's Arlen, yeah. Okay. It's just me. Um, so I don't want to be that person, but mending takes a full minute to cast. It does? Oh. That's not good. Yeah. I should have read that. I just assumed you just like You've muttered. been reprimanded. So I okay. guess we're well, not well, we'll 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 say that it's a full minute between the first two rocks there, but it's probably okay. maybe between fifteen and sixteen. You might be able to get another one in there, but maybe not. So let's move the mini forward to the next rock. Okay, so the next rock comes up out of the gloom. You guys paddle, 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 paddle. So we need now a, a DC fourteen uh, check. I got a nine. It's one bad one. Eighteen. One good one. Twelve. One bad one. 21. One good one. Oh, 23. 23, good. Okay. So you paddle, paddle, paddle around that one and just fine and dandy. No problems there at all. And then you get up to the next one and that's a 15 DC check. So let's paddle, paddle, paddle again. 15. Okay. I'm so sorry. One good one? I I got an eight. (laughs) One bad one? I got a 19. One good one? (laughs) I'm going to activate Tides of Chaos. Wait, wait, wait. So I got what did, that one. What did you get, Drew? Drew? 24. Okay. You don't actually need to re-roll that because we would have had more. So it was, but it's more fun this way. So just Adrian and uh, Arlen rolled poorly? And, well, no. I used Tides of Chaos. Okay. And? So I got an 18. 18. Okay, good. Okay. And uh, as you round the rock, Arlen... The tide goes off again. So let's roll on that magic wild magic table again. Anyone have like anti magic field or something? Uh oh. Okay, this is gonna be an interesting one. You are frightened by the nearest creature until your next turn. Um, no. Uh aura of courage. You're immune I think you're immune to being frightened. Okay, let's look that one up. Uh, right on, right on. So you're highly suspicious of the creature here. <laughs> I don't know about how Craval's looking at me. Suddenly Kraval's has like this creep. creeping fear that whoever's closest to him is going to kill him and then just goes. Actually, he's just going to suffer from imposter syndrome. It's like, I don't know if I should even be yeah. here. Or of courage, starting 10th level, you and friendly creatures within 10 feet of you can't be frightened while you are conscious. So yeah, you're not frightened. Okay. I, I assume the boat is less than 10 feet away from me. Yes. Okay. Okay, so uh, you're able to survive that one. Um, and obviously, Tides is down again. So now uh, we can... Um, this was probably the last chance to use Mending, but we don't need to use it. So there we go. And you go up to this one. Now it's a DC 16 to uh, make it around there. I got a 9 again. That's a no. I got a 17. I got a 16. One yes, two yes. 23. Three yes. I also got a 23. Okay. Hmm. Except Adri and Arlen, 
you didn't. You Pardon? both you both rolled nat ones, and the boat goes slamming into the rock and starts springing a leak again. Wait, and the two of you both hear Lolth's musical laughter in the background, and all of a sudden, it's as if a weight comes off of your shoulders, and you realize the mark is gone. Um, that's only a, took nearly drowning, I guess. That's a pretty good deal, though. I feel. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll I'll take us hitting a rock and probably being okay over well, something. Well, let's not worse. say probably being okay. Yeah, you still got two more <laughs> rocks to go. Okay, so we paddle, paddle, at least it paddle. It wasn't all of us at once. Yes. Um, do I have time to? Do I have an action between? 16 and 17 unfortunately no they're coming really fast you can see how close they are together you guys basically just bounce off a of 16 you're rattled everybody's thrown to the floor of the boat you uh jump back up again and there's 17 right in front of your face and so paddle 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 and we need to do a uh really quick set of athletics checks to see how we do 21 someone good one Nine. One bad one. Seventeen. One good one. Actually, it's a seventeen. Yeah. So just makes it. Arlen. Cotter. What did um Cotter get? I haven't rolled yet. Um, I got a twelve. No, two bad ones. So it's up to you, Arlen. I'm using Tides of Chaos. Okay. Didn't matter. It was the same roll. I got a thirteen. Oh no. <laughs> so um, Arlen. The um wait, 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 wait. Bad luck. If I get a four on a D4, then I win. Here we go. I I got a three. Oh no! That was worse than anything else. And you you paddle, 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 and you think you're just gonna clear the rock, and it just crumples in there, and water starts flooding into the boat. And Arlen, the tides goes off. This is the river of tides. I am even more paranoid about your sister than I've <laughs> literally ever been. <laughs> You're like, she smells funny. Wait, how long did the butterflies and stuff last? One minute. So, so they're still okay. going no, on. No, uh, you can actually be scared of a butterfly. <laughs> well, it's the nearest creature, not or a flower petal. <laughs> I was hoping for the unicorn because that'd be really hilarious if the boat went down to have like, a unicorn standing on top of like it. He's like, Mothra's chasing us. Mothra's chasing us. I thought Mothman was a, was a myth. <laughs> okay, so um, this goes crashing into the uh, side of the wall. And um, this was the first one just kind of sprang a leak, but this one basically just caves in the side of the boat and water comes flooding in. And the boat just takes moments to go down and um, the water is stunningly cold. It is just brutally cold. And you guys, um, you know, immediately come back up and Craval, thank God you gave um, Nakar the healing potions because I don't think he could have swam uh, effectively without it. But you guys still have one more rock to go up against. So everybody oh give boy. me a... DC 18 athletics check. Can it be a saving throw? No, this is an athletic check. This is a check? Okay. Uh, DC what? 18. You're moving 24. pretty fast. 7. 13. 18. 
15. Okay, anybody who rolled less than an 18, please roll Wait, two... Wait, sorry, can I... Wait, mm-hmm. no, never mind, I'll let you talk. Then I'll... Okay, please roll Wait, 2d6, and that's how many points of damage do... you take as you slam into the rock. I'm going to do bend luck again, because why not? Okay. I succeed. Okay. I take nine points of damage. Anybody else take damage there? I only took three points of damage. Okay, so you're able to just kind of roll with it. And your uh, brother and sister kind of get banged up, but not too badly. But you are now in the frothy wake of that rock. You're um, plunging and bobbing. You're um, blurbing around. And um, Is this an area of dim light or darkness? Um, it is completely dark, in fact. Sweet. I just want to get on. Wait. Um, are people trying to get on the rock, or are we just you? You're just swept the, right the past it by the current. Okay. And you're heading down the stream. Um, but uh, give me a quick investigation check, Adri. I I'm too too much in the water. I no, gotta, okay. Too. Yeah, the the water's in your face. You can't even see what's coming. Um, and um, actually, Arlen. Give for me a additional athletics check to see if you can keep your head above water. 15. So um, you go a little bit down the stream and just you get washed underwater. And you do come bobbing back up there, but it's, um, you know, you're almost out of breath. You're thinking this is, this is it. And then out of the blue, magic, the magic, uh, wild magic happens again. So roll on the table one more time. Fortunately, we're all underwater, so the fireball doesn't affect us. Oh no, things yes. are bad. Okay, um, hmm. You cast polymorph on yourself. If you fail the saving throw, you turn into a sheep for the spell's duration, which I believe is ten minutes. So let's see uh, what I have to roll. Sheep are good swimmers, right? Well, the good news is the wool won't lose its thermal properties even when it's wet. The wisdom saving throw. Oh, you're you're up a creek then. We are. Actually, we're down a creek by now. Um, is he within ten feet of me? Um, yes, you're all within ten okay. feet of each other. Then you get plus three. Did yes. not help. <laughs> What'd you roll? Um, I rolled a seven, so the plus three. <laughs> uh, can you re- <laughs> use tides of chaos to re-roll that? Can I use Tides of Chaos to re-roll that? If it's not up, you can totally use it. And considering All right, time to re-roll. And considering you're getting wild magic to pawn. I got an 18. Okay, no, I got good. a 19. So you're able to withstand your own magic. Um, and you guys are just bobbing and weaving in the tide. You're barely keeping your head above uh, water. And then you get swept around a bend and... Uh, you guys can see, you know, how in the inside bend of a river, there's a lot of time there's a sandbar. You can see a pretty big one. It's probably about 40 feet long and about um, 30 feet wide, not 30, 20 feet wide, 40 feet long. And everybody give for me another athletics check to struggle over to that. I got an eight. Oh, man, I rolled a natural one. Me too. I got a 17. I got a nat 20. Okay. So, uh, Noan, you and Arlen um, 
are you know, basically you know swim directly over to that uh, sandbar and you guys stand up and you see that the rest of your party is being kind of uh, slammed into the rocks on the opposite side in the in the current but you feel if you can throw them a rope they can probably make it back out again um cotter seems to be holding his own but poor adrian and uh Creval just basically gets slammed into the rocks can and I, can i try to see again since we oh well, you you can a, see another can, time can i you can totally can see. I see if i can teleport you yeah. can teleport yeah mm-hmm. but i mean i have to see where i'm going that's yeah. the, that's the thing so yeah, it's pretty clear there so you will have no trouble teleporting okay then yeah that works for me to not be in the water. Okay, and all of a sudden, Adri just morphs in next to you, so only Cotter and Creval are in the water. And you and guys... Creval's looking the most... He got peril. he got slammed pretty hard there, yeah. I'm going to... Ch- I'll, I'll, I'll uh, quickly take the rope from out of my pack and, uh, mm-hmm. and I'll toss it. I'll, okay. I'll also, I'll also toss my rope. Okay, and so... Um, then give me a dexterity, uh, basically attack to to uh, land it on him. That's a fifteen. Okay, no problem. You put it right over Carol's shoulder. He's able to hold on to it. Three. I cannot get it out of my backpack. Okay, so basically you do the thing where you know you throw it and it it just kind of gets tangled up and it falls short. Um, and uh, Adri, do you have one that you could throw to Cotter? You do. Yes, I do. Sorry, I, and I'm rolling a, a like a, just a straight dex. Yep, just uh, d20, add your dex bonus. I'm rolling so bad. I'm so sorry. I got a five. A five? Okay. Hey, um, wait, no. There's this, there's this melodic laughter coming in the house right now. I think Lolt is, is here for and, real. Um, Adri, you see um, your sister just kind of sprint forward, and she picks up the bundle of rope that Arlen attempted to toss that got all tangled up, and she gives it a fling herself. And gets an 18 and puts it basically lands right over your shoulder, Cotter. And um, the, between the two of you, are able to struggle back to shore. And there you are on the edge of this um, sandbar. And uh, unfortunately, you're in the middle of a river and you have no idea where it goes. Your boat is smashed to bits. And then, Adri, you realize that the familiar weight of Smedric that's usually on your shoulder in there. And in fact, absolutely it's, unacceptable. And as you look around, um, none of the pets are there. Even sparks, the, the crystal pet has been swept from your grasp there. Cotter. And Drax and, and Thrax went right down the, uh, you know, he's big. So he probably got f- taken first and even the mechanical squirrel. Um, and so if everybody could please take for me, the envelopes that you were delivered. Okay, do we all have it? Okay, if we could all please uh, open up your mics and then open up your envelopes. Are we all, all right. good? Yeah. Okay. On so the count of three. On the count of three, open up your envelopes and take out your sheets. Okay. One, two, One. three. Okay. Oh, okay, I love this. Okay, so at some point a little further down the river in another sandbar, four creatures wash up on the shore. And as they struggle sopping wet out of the water, they look up and they see 
a small mushroom person standing there. So, um, uh, Drew, why don't you tell us about this small mushroom person? Uh, where would you like me to start? He is a, a very cute and slow-looking, tumpy-looking mushroom. He has a red top and two beady eyes, and he moves not very quickly. Like He has all the time in the world. He enjoys very much hearing the water trickle past him as he absorbs nutrients and enjoys life. And he's just kind of looking at these four creatures wondering, this is new. Yeah, well, why don't you tell us the name of this creature and his skills, since the people at home don't have the sheet in front of them. Sure. Uh, I have an AC of 12, I have 15 hit points, and I move 25 feet per, probably per hour. <laughs> With 25 feet. Um, I have very low strength and very low intelligence, and but everything else about middling. I can hit with my fist, or I can release choking spores to make everyone do a saving throw in a 15-foot cone. And then three times a day, I can use those same spores to give everyone communication telepathically for an hour. And my name is Little Sprout. Very good. Okay. That's so cute. Well, and since I, you I cannot even explain how much I love this. Well, since since you just spoke up there, uh, Jesse, why don't you tell us about your pet? I've been cracking up because I <laughs> Schmedrick the Dire Hamster's character sheet he has like Pokemon powers and it's cracking me up. <laughs> Uh, Schmedrick has an armor class of 12, uh, 18 hit points, and can also ha has a speed of uh, 25 feet. A negative modifier to strength, but a plus two to dexterity and charisma, um, and plus one to intelligence and wisdom. Has uh, the power to gnaw, to seed spit, wherein he spits seeds from his cheek pouches, which apparently he just has seeds in his cheek pouches. Um, and also has the special armored collar, which clamshells over him uh, if gets damaged. Yeah, now that actually read the description on that one because it's very important. Uh, the armored collar, as a reaction to being hit, deploy the gnomish armored collar, preventing all damage, but also preventing all other actions or movement. This requires an action on the following rounds to retract. Yep, so you can avoid damage at any time, but then you lose your next round, basically. And, and I've never met a hamster who didn't have seeds in his seed pouches, so there you go. And uh, then, Matt, why don't you tell us about your companion there? This is Thrax, the Dionychus, uh, also an armor class of 12 and 25 hit points, a speed of 30 feet. Um, you know, has a plus one on strength and charisma and plus two on dex, but not so smart and not so wise. Uh, has a vicious claw attack doing 1d4 plus 4 slashing, and the dreaded leaping kick. I can leap out of target within 10 feet, and I have a plus 3 to hit, and then my damage is 1d6 plus 4, and then dash once per short rest. I can use a dash action as my regular move action. Very good. And then, Cotter, why don't you tell us about your crystalline pet? Okay, so Sparks is crystal pet. There's a nice image here, but that's not at all what it looks like. No, it's the best I could find on the internet. It has a uh, AC of 14, 30 hit points. Its speed is 20. Um, it has positive bonuses to strength 
and constitution and charisma and negative to intelligence and wisdom. It has a melee attack that does um, 1d4 plus 2 damage and it has a plus 3 to hit. And it has a ranged magic attack with range of 30 feet that deals 1d8 plus 2 lightning damage. And three times per long rest, it can heal others for 1d4 plus 4 in a range of touch. Yeah, what is the name of that healing power? The healing power is Spark of Light. Yeah. Okay, and finally, um, tell us about the mechanical squirrel there, Owen. So the mechanical squirrel um, has an AC of 15, uh, has 22 hit points, has a speed of 25, and a climbing speed of 25. It is not so strong and not so smart, but it is very quick and very charismatic. Uh, it can have a dash attack, uh, which is just a normal melee attack. Um, on a recharge of five or six, it has the tail of iron where it can uh, hit a creature within 20 feet of it. Um, and once prolonged rest, it has oh so cute. The squirrel sits up on its back legs and looks adorable. One creature within 30 feet of it must make a DC 14 charisma save or be charmed for one minute. Because those squirrels are oh so cute. Okay, so there you are. You've washed up on the shore. Um, you've, uh, you know, the squirrel is shaking the, the uh, water out of its gears and innards. Um, then um, you look up and there's this little dumpy mushroom guy. And actually... Uh, Drew, can you hold the, the picture up to the camera so that everyone can see the dumpy mushroom guy? Looks really angry. <laughs> and actually, actually, everyone hold up your, your stuff to the camera. Um, Cotter already did, or uh, Bryce already did. This isn't what it looks like, by the way. Yeah. Very good. So you guys um, are washed up there, and there's a dumpy mushroom guy there. And uh, you desperately want to get back to your people because uh, you miss them. What are you going to do? Can we talk? Well, can they talk there, uh, Drew? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, figuring this out. <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, Little Sprout's kind of going to look around a little bit, and then he sort of hunkers down and shakes his head and then stands up really quickly, and a little cloud comes up and settles over everybody. And he looks around at him, and then it's just, kind of very slow, methodical voice emanates within their mechanical and slightly organic brains. Hello there, how are you? Yes, all of a sudden you telepathically can, and not only can you telepathically speak with the myconoid, but everybody can hear everybody's thoughts. So you can speak with each other for the first time ever. I have a quick question on the mechanics for this. Mm -hmm. um, so, you, you've listed the modifiers to the different stats. Um, is is the modifier just for the sake of playing as the characters, or is that actually indicative of their intelligence? Because by by this sheet, my hamster is more intelligent than Adri. Nobody <laughs> needs to know that. Because this means that Schmedrick has a 12 or a 13 intelligence and Adri has an 11. So, so, so Adri, <laughs> hey, Schmetric, tell me what you see over there. What are those drones? <laughs> Once again, shh, nobody needs to know that. 
No, this is just for the purposes of this particular adventure. Anyway, so uh, Smedric the Super Hamster. Um, anyway, so uh, all of a sudden you guys realize you can, for the first time in your life, communicate with each other. You can actually hear each other's thoughts. And so what are you going to do? We're lost. Yes, you are. No, you're not. You're right there. How do we get to the surface from here? Forget the surface. I want to find my people. What's up, people? You're not, you're on the surface, see? Water go that way? No water here. You on surface. Is, um, is it just like language telepathy or can we show images? Um, it's just language telepathy. Okay. Do you know how to go back that way? And it, actually, um, Yes, you do there, uh, Drew. You you know that to get back upstream, there is a way to go, but unfortunately, it's through the spider country to get there. Uh-huh. Can you show us the way? Uh-uh. Oh. Why? Lots of many-legged things. Do many legged beings really scare you? They're sparks. Um, I don't know. I've never really interacted with them before. Well, you've seen your human or your half elf uh, defeat many, many legged beings. I'm a many legged being. Mm-hmm. Actually, you're more of a several legged being. We have defeated them before. <laughs> <laughs> That's like. I know. <laughs> Where is meat? I, I, as as Schmedrick, I would like uh, Schmedrick to climb onto the back of the dinosaur. Uh, presumably, the the dinosaur has not tried to eat uh, Schmedrick more than once because of the metal thing. Um, so, like a like an onwards steed sort of thing. Make a charisma check to see if I allow it. Okay. Yeah, you got to admit, like, you know, in the Doug Bugs Bunny cartoons, when people on the desert island start looking like giant uh, legs of, of uh, chicken, uh, you're getting that kind of vibe from them. 19. 19. Um, I, though Smedrick looks tasty, I remember the hard shell and allow Smedrick on my back. Okay. Um, I will ask the the Myconid if it has its own people. I am one of many. Unfortunately, be... uh, Drew, they're nowhere nearby. Unfortunately, um, you're you kind of came down here on a, a field trip to go, uh, you know, get water from the river. Would you be sad if you lost your people? I have what people. Well, if if you came here to to get water, I'm trying to think of how a hamster would talk. <laughs> um, it would be completely adorable. If talk like Pikachu, <laughs> like Ryan Reynolds, like um, you came from more people. 
And if you were, if you lost your people, you would be sad. I came from the garden. We need to get back to our garden. And uh, you do know the way back there, but you probably want to warn them that it's uh, through spider country to get there. But you do know the way. Can you show us the way? I can take you to your garden. Onwards. I wish to go. Can you, call the, can you call the horned one for me? What? My pet, the horned one. <laughs> he who distributes beef jerky to me. I just turn around and start walking. Okay. And you guys start walking after the myconoid. And that's where we're going to stop today. Master's notes. Okay, well, this is a bit of a pickle. The uh, party has made it away from the drow um, after a fashion. Although they didn't do too well with the boat, although Lolth did have a hand in that. Um, obviously, we get to see exactly how her mark is going to manifest itself. Uh, it's going to uh, delight her by ruining some chance that the party is going to be taking. And so we'll just have to see where the rest of the party's marks fit into this whole equation. And then the other thing we got to say is, hey, we're Pokemon. Cool. And big props to Drew for immediately dropping into the role playing. And then obviously Owen picked up on that right there. So that... Uh, Pretty pretty much helped out the situation, especially considering I totally dropped these on the players. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I delivered them an envelope with their Pokemon character sheets in there, told them not to open it up, and they haven't seen it until this very moment. So uh, big props for the group, and obviously, as you saw, they were surprised and delighted by this little change of scenery. But what's going to happen with that? The party and their pets are separated. The pets have to make their way back, and we'll just have to wait and see how that all shakes out. And for that, we'll have to wait for the next episode. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head.